Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Alright, um, <laughs> I'm, leaving that, I'm leaving that in. Good. Um, <laughs> welcome to a special episode of Critics on a Bus. A very special episode indeed, because today we are discussing a saga that is very popular around about this time of year. Yeah, we're not actually reviewing a film, we're reviewing ten films. Ten episode. films in one. Ten films in this one. We Today we are going back to where it all began for us, and we are going to be looking at the Star Wars films. In preparation for The Rise of Skywalker, which comes out next Thursday. And before we see it at midnight, we thought we would give you guys our comprehensive 1 to 10 of all Star Wars films, including anthologies, um, and see how different or similar our Star Wars opinions are. This is going to be very interesting. This this will be a controversial episode, yes. and I would like to add just a few disclaimers before <laughs> before we jump into this. So, firstly, my ranking was created through much difficulty on my part, and I still don't know if I'm fully I'm fully converted to it. So, I may be dissuaded from certain decisions by Cameron, and that leads nicely into my second disclaimer, which is that I am. And I fully acknowledge I am the inferior Star Wars fan in this scenario. But you're, in you're that, a fan, Cam- I'm a nerd. Exactly. <laughs> I love Star Wars. I watched it growing up. I'm definitely, uh, definitely above average when it comes to Star Wars fandom. And But compared to Cameron, I am but a mere... <laughs> lay person i i <laughs> compared to cameron i i really my star wars knowledge is is limited so that may be reflected in this podcast but yeah we, we will see we will see this we will. The, this list for me i want to say is fluid um okay because as new films come out it will change rise of skywalker may change it and i'll talk about that in my list why it might change immediately in my list um but yes i am a mahusive star wars fan um i have pop vinyls dvds jumpers i have three as of today three star wars cosplays i have a jedi sith and a mandalorian um so i am i i had lightsabers at my wedding i do lightsaber training every a, a week y- yoda cake at your wedding as well I had a yoda cake at my wedding like <laughs> i i have a lots of things star wars thankfully my wife puts up with it <laughs> <laughs> very um, lovingly <laughs> very lovingly it was actually a, a condition of us dating she had to have seen all of star wars we had we could keep dating if she's seen and was accepting of star wars that's how important it is to me <laughs> so <laughs> and we are going fully costumed uh fully dressed yes. up to the midnight premiere and not just the midnight premiere but we are watching episodes seven and eight right beforehand at the cinema in the lead up to episode nine so make sure you follow us on critics on a bus instagram because you can follow our journey adventure um my crazy new outfit which is very hard to wear it's amazing it's Um, it's impractical but it's amazing yeah (laughs) So follow us on Instagram. Um, we'll be sp- putting up stories um, all night. 
as you can follow it as as our adventure because we're definitely going to be the coolest people there oh without question um so before we get into our lists let's talk about why star wars is so important to us mm-hmm. why we why it's you know half of my life and why you're such a fan of it um where did where did your star wars adventure begin paul Man, well, my Star Wars adventure, the earliest memories that I have, uh, I was, I, I can actually, I can pinpoint the age to you uh, relatively accurately because I have Star Wars memories when we were living in a particular house, when the family were living in a particular house. And we lived in that house, I guess, between the, I was between the ages of three and five to six mm-hmm. no three and five no it was only yeah it was three and five and so i would have been four or five years old and i remember watching the phantom menace with cousins around who are uh, all a lot older than i am i remember getting a double-ended flip out darth maul lightsaber that yep. i cherished it it's but I was, I'd never like the fact that when it flipped out, it just wasn't as long or as, you know, as lit up as his, um, in the real thing. And I had a costume. I even had a Darth Maul costume nice. and I remember watching the pod racing and just absolutely loving that. And just, yeah, that was, that was when the Star Wars journey began. And then I remember it, so it very much began with the prequels because of course, that they were coming out as I was as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I remember very distinctly watching Attack of the Clones and then uh, Revenge of the Sith. I went to the cinema with my dad and I, I watched that one when it came out. And I remember getting the DVD and watching all of the bonus features, all of the interviews with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and just like, that is his name, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so you'll be my fact checker today <laughs> uh, but watching about how they choreographed all of the fights and and for me uh star wars was at least the prequels were all about and we'll get into this but the prequels what i loved about them was were the visuals and the fights and the 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 coordination this kind of like japanese sword files sword fighting style that was going on there and i would I would with my friends, I, you know, we would have our lightsabers and we do coordinated fights and so forth. But then also with the kind of original first three Star Wars, I remember watching those around uh, a family friends in old man's house. And also I would always crack them out in the summer. I don't know why, but I have very strong summer associations with Star Wars where I would be playing football all day and I come in in the evening. Mum would have made me dinner and I would sit and I would watch those on like saturday evenings in the summer and i watched all of them all six episodes countless times countless 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 times so yeah those are my those are my nostalgic uh you know young memories of star wars but yeah that's that (laughs) it's a beautiful journey thank you thank you Um, i think for me my my journey yes, sorry tell I, me about yours my, my memory roughly around the same age like five or six um i remember like my first like star wars memory is watching i used to watch the 
like the original trilogy um on video vhs mm. and i remember my first my my real probably my earliest memory is hiding behind the sofa in empire strikes back when the the wumper attacks luke at hoth and he's like uh... eating the tauntaun and like there's and like i was terrified of the creature um mm. And like when Luke wakes up and he like stops eating the tauntaun and it's like blood all over his face and it's coming towards him. I was so scared. I was so scared of that moment. <laughs> I would legit hide behind the sofa because <laughs> um, I'm obviously, you know, very courageous. Um, <laughs> and then I remember after a few maybe years or short while after my parents were separated and we were living in a different house and we were gathered as a family. Um, my now stepdad my mom my sister and me and we had the tv with a vhs player and they we've got a film to watch together and i didn't know what it was and i was like what is this why, why are we watching a film yeah. and it was the phantom menace on vhs mm-hmm. and i was like i was so shocked that there was more star wars you know and i i, I just remember being mind blown at the thought of another star wars film and i lapped that up and then i remember watching attack of the clones in the cinema now i was a very small child so i had to sit in the cinema with the seat like upright <laughs> and like this sit on top of the seat to see over the nice. seat in front of me and i remember sitting there by my stepdad um and that moment when yoda comes in to fight dooku oh yeah just, and I remember literally just going mental, like hitting people around me, like, oh my gosh, it's Yoda. Oh, he's going to fight. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like we, we are the generation of the prequels when we were kids. And so they're, they're a lot better to me than a lot of people um, m- make them out to be. And um, that will come up. That will, that will uh, come <laughs> people, up in the people rankings. You definitely see that in her rankings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I want to point out that, like, it's because I'm a fan of Star Wars. I'm not one of those people who criticizes what I enjoy. I enjoy the universe. And I, I'm just, I was just blown away by the whole universe. It's very lived in, the lightsabers, the Force, Jedis and Sith. Um, and I'll be honest with you, my fan, my, and they're, they're the first films I remember watching as a child. Like my, my, my film obsession wow. dates back to Star Wars. Um, and then that fandom died with, you know, in 2005, 2006, with the death of Star Wars, basically. And <clears throat> I remember I was 21. I'd just broken up with my girlfriend at the time. And I had a bunch of money. <laughs> and so I was looking to spend it, spend it, spend it. And I discovered combat lightsabers. Um, the Force Awakens was coming out or had just come out. And my passion for Star Wars just reignited again just erupted in me i was like this is my original fandom this is where my obsession with sci-fi began and i delved more into cosplay and fighting and all the new films coming out and the you know the games and all that stuff and i, I just kind of delved more and more into it and you know at the age of 21 my childhood passion reignited with the disney purchase i think i was in i remember exactly where i, I was in uh, i was in belleville in um, just outside of Cape Town in South Africa. And I was talking with a guy named um, Mr. Ephraim and, um, and another guy named Liam. And they were telling me about the Disney acquisition of Star Wars and my mind being blown. I was like, oh my gosh, 
Disney are buying Star Wars. They've done this with amazingly with Marvel. We'll get more Star Wars films and all this kind of thing. And yeah, so at the from from six to like six to eleven, twelve, I was obsessed with Star Wars. Had a few like a ten year gap, like nineteen, twenty, twenty one. My passion reignited into the ever more mature <laughs> nerdiness that it is today. So that is that is my tale. And I think it's also uh, worth noting that when we were in the early stage of our friendship, when The Force Awakens came out, mm-hmm. and I remember distinctly watching it in my hometown. Uh, I was in Birmingham for university. That's how we met. And um, I remember being in my hometown and watching it and then calling you afterwards and having a long discussion about it. And that was one of the first times that we began to realize that we have a lot of the same interests and that we have a lot of similar opinions and and that we have a, a similar love of of Star Wars and of films in general. And uh, so in, in many ways, Star Wars is one of one of the key things that brought us together uh yeah so you could say it even like that was the very first review that's yeah star wars is yeah. what brought critics on a bus together and in uh however many years when they're doing the critics on the bus tour through evesham my hometown <laughs> they will go to that room and be like this is where he lay on his bed and chatted with cameron um you know back in uh, 2016 so yeah yeah, significant place, significant moment. So, uh, <laughs> shall we go to the ranking? Yes, let's begin. Let's get to the meat of this. So there are ten films here. Yep. And we are going to start from the bottom. So we are going to go from number ten, the bottom ranked film for both of us, and we'll progress our way up. Cameron, what is your number ten? What is the <laughs> lowest ranked? Star Wars film, in your estimation, all things considered. Oh man, it's gonna be a controversial, but no surprise. Um, <clears throat> well, it may be actually, and that is the Last Jedi. Bingo, mine yep. too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm glad that we at least agree on one. I think it's gonna go way off the rails from there. I, yep. But um, tell me why the Last Jedi is your lowest ranked Star Wars film, Cameron. So it's my lowest ranked. It's also the one I've watched the least. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too, actually. Yeah. And I got a little better when I watched it recently. But, um, and I, I know that oh, this is difficult because I spoke about The Last Jedi two days ago um, <laughs> with someone else. Now, the thing about it, it's not a bad film, but it's let down so much by the story. Now, I get that they had to be, they were trying to be a bit different. Um, <laughs> what re the, the one of the, some of the big one of the big things are that I get very animated when I talk about this. One of the big <laughs> things is I know it's in the books, but it doesn't matter. Princess Leia in space, flying towards a ship that she just got blasted out of. At that moment, yeah. Movie, like okay, when Kylo Ren attacked the ship and blew that bit, I was like, oh dang, they've killed her off early. Bold, but I'm on board. Mm. And then she opened her eyes. And then she flew to the spaceship and I was like, not on board. Not mm. not on board at all. Um the whole thing about saving the animals on the gambling planet. So random. 
pointless. Yeah. No, no, not on board with that at all. What a waste of some time of 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 us. The disappointment of Snoke. Oh, please don't. Like, he he was set up to be really really interesting. And I'm hoping that the Rise of Skywalker will solve The Last Jedi and make it a bit more interesting. But the thing about it is, it's not a bad film. There's decent combat, but not enough. It's too much of a bridge between Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. It just doesn't give us enough. You sort of go, oh! You Mm. know, that that kind of like, let's cheer for Star Wars, yay! Oh, oh. You know, yeah it just it just it just it, uh, in in my core it failed me mm. it just failed me um and not to say it's a bad film and not to say, like i hate it i struggle with it i'm getting a lot better with it because it didn't answer my questions and yes maybe my expectations were too high but it just it just lacked that kind of excitement and that drama you know and i'm hoping I'm hoping it's fixed by Rise of Skywalker because I've never I've never had any of that that feeling from any of the other nine films. I've never left a single of the Star Wars films going, ah. Oh. Mm. Um, and so I, I I put it last just because I just I just struggled with it. And I know people there's a lot of people who love it and who will say, oh, typical you put it last, but you know I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do you know what the critics actually loved it as well? But that's because it was it was it was deeply political, and we don't need to go into all of the ins and outs of that. But um, definitely a deep political agenda there. Um, I agree with you though, and it's down there for the same reasons, really, for me. Snoke, uh, I mean, it, it was so deflating, so unnecessary. I mean, we've seen people be cut in half and then have other mechanical means to allow them to live. So uh, perhaps that can happen, but I doubt that will happen given that, you know, he's lying there in half for a long time. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that definitely, the whole Leia thing, again, I'm not opposed to the idea of her having the Force. That's not the issue. For me, the issue was the fact that she just got blown out of a spaceship and was in space and was lying there unconscious for a bit. But instead, if she was in space, she should have died within seconds, but she didn't. And so the Force somehow preserved her body and also kind of, yeah, caused her to fly. Well, I guess that could, the mechanics of that you could work out. It doesn't have to be, like, mechanically perfect like the Force, but it was just poorly done, I thought. Um, and like you say, I was on board with the fact that they killed her off early. That would have been fine. Um, yeah, kind of ran a bit whiny in the film. All of it. I don't know. It was all just a bit naff, really. <laughs> it was all just a bit naff. And like Puppet Yoda, again, I can understand the nostalgia. Factor. I loved that. I loved that bit. Did you? I was I like, could, I, I didn't know it was happening. It was a quiet surprise. And I was like, oh, Yoda, the right Yoda. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. But then if we're talking about the mechanics of the Force, this is another issue where, well, there are all sorts of stuff going on. The fact that you can project yourself like Luke did, the fact that you can be like Spirit Yoda, but then also call lightning down to destroy the Jedi Temple. And like, I don't know, it was all just a bit dodgy, really. All of the mechanics of it. 
and all just a bit naff. So it just didn't really float my boat, really. So <laughs> that's why it's bottom of both our lists. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm very interested to see what will be at number nine for you because that will determine the trajectory of the rest of yours. Okay. And I don't know where your, your trajectory is going. And <laughs> so, Cameron, what film have you put as number nine? Okay, the only reason this is nine big and not eight is purely based on nostalgia of number eight. But Solo is number nine. I knew it. Now, what's your number nine? My, oh, man. Oh, this looks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> My number nine is The Phantom Menace. Oh, oh okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. So... You explain Phantom Menace first. Okay, look. Okay, here's the deal. Um, I love, uh, like, when I was growing up, I loved the Phantom Menace. I loved Darth. I loved it for stylistic reasons. I loved Darth Maul. I loved Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi. I loved the pod racing. I loved just the world. Anakin, young Anakin. I did rewatch it, however, not that long ago, and I was struck by how just terribly awful the dialogue was um and some of the acting and other (laughs) such things um and i feel like when i look at all of the other ones on the list i can only justify putting the phantom menace here because i also have nostalgia factor for other ones for other films and at the time when i was younger I considered Phantom Menace to be the inferior of the prequels because they progressively got more and more uh, elaborate in their use of special effects and fighting and so forth. So for me, Phantom Menace does have distinct nostalgia factor, but it it still goes ninth. (laughs) But that's not because it's bad, although the dialogue kind of is. But yeah, it goes ninth for me. Okay, okay. So Solo is nine for me. Now, now let me start off by saying I loved Solo. Clearly you didn't, though. No. I did, though. That's the thing. <laughs> this, is why it's, this is a very hard episode to do because I, I do love all the Star Wars films. It's actually hard to put them. But I love Solo. Um, I loved that it was an expansion of the universe. Just, uh, just another bit of Star Wars we don't see. We know the, the formation of the Empire, the, just the, the, the criminal underworld. The reveal for Darth Maul was immense. I loved it. But one of the reasons it's nine is because I don't think we're going to get the payoff of that whole setup. Now, a lot of people don't like it because, you know, Solo already has an arc. He has a story. I, 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 I genuinely enjoyed seeing how he got his name Solo. You know, that fact that he was part of the Empire for a little bit was really interesting. His meeting with Chewie, you know, the whole kind of where he gains his morals from. Um, Amelia Clark is in it. It's great. Um, for me, uh, and then you know the whole kind of thing behind Darth Maul and Paul Bettany's character and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's not memorable, which is why it's near the bottom. Um, and I, I'm worried that we're not going to get the whole Darth Maul extended life. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't hold your, hold your breath on that one. Yeah, I know, and 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 I know why it did. Well, it did bad in the cinema. One, it came out too soon. It was. It should have been. It should have kept with the whole December slate. Not worried about May. It was marketed incorrectly. Um, 
some of public naivety of thinking all Star Wars is lightsaber based. It's not. Um, it says the poor marketing. It came out too soon. Um, a bit of just a bit too much oversaturation. Um, but it, I I really really did like it. But there's just a few things, and I, I'm worried that the whole payoff is because you know they've set up this thing of Darth Maul is still alive, and if we never see that again, and we never see what happens to him, I'm gonna. That's the kind of disappointment for me, and that's why it's there because Darth Maul is one of the best characters in all of Star Wars, who says about three words. But because <laughs> because, because he is so great for me, not seeing that payoff hurts and so i think because of that that's why it's so because it may it may just be unfulfilled potential as a mm. film that mm. whole arc might be unfulfilled and and i like i liked um the acting i liked the, who they had as han solo fair enough it's it and it and it only loses out to the one number eight on pure watching nostalgia well Let's move on to that then. Tell us your number eight. Number eight is Attack of the Clones. Interesting. Attack of the Clones. The what I consider the worst of the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What's your number eight? Uh my number eight is also Attack of the Clones. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh I feel like I probably should have switched the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, maybe, but I'm committed now, so I need to <laughs> think about why i reason this to be the case i guess for me the prequels got more exciting like that each with each one i got more excited and with each one they did more i felt at least lightsaber wise more visual effects wise mm-hmm. and for me attack of the attack of the clones goes above phantom menace for a number of reasons one a big one is the Yoda Count Dooku fight? I, I was I was so into that when I was younger. Um, another one is the the scene when all of the Jedi are in the the stadium. Genesis, uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. I love Jango Fett, and I loved the scene where him and Obi Wan Kenobi fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I just for me, it was just. When I was younger, it was just lots of what I loved in terms of fighting, visual effects, costumes, characters, lots of lightsabers. I thought the Yoda fighting style was like so cool, the way he was flipping and jumping about. So it, it goes above the Phantom Menace for me for that reason. Uh, but because it's just weird and again, writing's really weird. This is where we start to get the weird Hayden Christensen lines this is the one way he talks about is this one way he talks about sand or is that yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's protecting her yeah they're in, they're in like some random place in the boo and he's like i hate sand <laughs> yeah it's itchy and it's scratchy and then like he like he forced like gets the pear over and cuts <laughs> yeah. the and like oh man yeah. like yeah. i would skip those bits when i was younger i would literally just yeah so would i, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i know so for you why, why is attack of the clones number eight um, it's basically the same reasons. Right. The only reason it is above Solo is because that moment I described earlier of sitting in the cinema watching Yoda come out and freaking out at the fact yeah. that Yoda's about to fight and then like, he drops a stick and his lightsaber is revealed and my mind was just going everywhere at that moment in time. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was a huge moment because I had never considered Yoda as a, as a lightsaber-wielding Jedi before. Yeah, same. Um, and it's little things like that. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, 
can't wait for the Kenobi series. But like, you know, fighting Django, I did think sometimes like the, the the clone army was just a bit too coincidental. And I get that the that, you know there's the whole intrigue and the whole Cypher DS and the Force and things like that. Um, but yeah, the, those Anakin scenes with Padme are just a bit creepy, mm. considering their massive age difference. Yeah, that's another interesting one. <laughs> um, and you know, and the whole thing is just a bit odd. But yeah, just the pure nostalgia for me of watching it in the cinema as a kid and just losing my mind at how cool I thought it was, mm-hmm. and the you know the lightsaber battles in Genosis make it just that bit above Solo because it it's not unfulfilled. Basically, it's it, you know that you know what that came out in 2003 so i was 9 10 11 around roughly around then um like i think no 2002 so i was 8 9 i think um so as as an 8 9 year old it was everything i wanted yeah because i didn't you know apart from the the soppy yeah bits when he's with padme as as an 8 year old mm-hmm. those like the bowels there was droids and fire fights and creatures and you know a massive praying mantis i love that <laughs> i love that yes. you know all those things yeah. and, and just pure based on that childhood nostalgia it's the only reason it beats solo the mm-hmm. only reason it's not number nine fair enough fair enough interesting okay shall we move on to number seven yes this is one i think people might hate me for Okay, I'll reveal mine because mine's not as controversial. My number seven is Solo. Um, I can actually just very briefly, because I feel like you summarized it pretty well. For me, when I watched Solo, I kind of switched off the fact that he was meant to be Han Solo. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to have a film where he's that old, and we also have films like the original three Star Wars, Mm -hmm. the age, that kind of age gap, you can't get away with casting. Like in terms of just the physical appearance. Someone looks how they're going to look by the time they're in their mid to th- like mid to late twenties or however <laughs> old the guy was, uh, yeah. compared to when they're in their mid to late thirties. So you just can't get away with that. So when I was looking at his face on the screen the whole time, I just didn't think of him as Han Solo, and I just thought of it as just sort of like a sci-fi movie in the yeah. Star Wars universe. And I think that people hated on it, and I don't think that they should have. I think a lot of the reason for the hate was oh, he's not like Han Solo, or like you say, where are the lightsabers, or it was poor marketing, or whatever it was. But if it, if just taken as an independent sci-fi film, it's all right. Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty good. I, it is, I, yeah. Woody Harrelson's in it, right? And yeah. there's that whole scene on the trains when they're trying to steal the stuff. Like, I thought that was really good. I thought Paul Bettany was really good. I thought mm-hmm. the double crossing with Emilia Clarke was interesting. And I just, I thought it was a pretty well- held together just film but it's difficult for me to think of it as a Han Solo movie because I just wasn't looking at him thinking that's Han Solo so yeah but anyway okay but yeah so it goes to number seven okay but I thought it was pretty good like it was a pretty coherent pretty good story pretty well written so but I'm interested seeing as you've given this little preamble what is your number seven my number seven is a new hope episode four that is horrendously controversial, and <laughs> yes. I feel like a lot of people, if people do listen to this, will turn off at that point um, <laughs> and switch it off and discredit you as a Star Wars fan forever. Okay, A New Hope as number seven. 
He's number oh, seven. Oh man, yes. justify that. Justify that. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. It's where the whole thing started. But if you look at it, not a lot actually happens. If you look at what we love about Star Wars today, right? Mm-hmm. Lightsabers and everything. There is like one pretty poor lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. And the Empire are blown up like that. Yeah, this is the thing. I feel like there is a certain sacredness to, there is, to the first three. <laughs> I, I And I fully get that. <laughs> this might get more controversial as we go on. But um, it's just that although it's, the, it's where the whole thing started, it's where, you know, that obsession began... It's not. It's not a bad thing that they got better. It's not a bad thing they got better, and that a, a new hope. Like, like, let's be real. Like, Luke Skywalker isn't a great person at the very beginning. He's not. A, he's not. Well, he's not well acted at the very beginning. The the dialogue is a bit cheesy. The, the whole the, and like I love it. I love it to death. It is the beginning. Like Grandma of Tarkin and Darth Vader. They're all amazing, and I I do love it to death. And but I can watch it now and get distracted by other things. It's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't grip me as much as the other ones do. <laughs> I'd just uh, like to formally apologise to any listeners for that sacrilege right there. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, because this is a list, we can't edit it out uh, because you know it's it's essential information, but. Um, I'm sorry, uh, but like it's just it's just the way it is. It's and that's why I thought it might be controversial. No, I mean to be honest, if you were asking like eight year old me, then I would agree with you. Um, <laughs> it would be bot for me because for me the most important factor when I was young was lightsaber battles and battles in general, and it is a bit lacking on that front. Um, but but yeah, interesting. Okay, and that's your number seven. Seven out of ten, folks. That's where he puts that. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you've justified it. You've justified it all right. Um, okay. Right. Shall we move <laughs> to number six? Number six, yes. Um, so I'll go. As yes. my number six is The Phantom Menace. Okay. That's, that's decently high, that is. Okay. Um, and it's... Uh, what is your number six? That's, let's, let's... Uh, my number six is Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So... <laughs> Um, you, I, I had a long thing about Honey Hope, so you go on with why Revenge of the Sith is down there. Uh, okay, so I literally, if you would have asked me when it when it came out, if you would have asked me probably what my favorite film was of all time, then I would have told you that it was Revenge of the Sith. Like I say, said in the introduction, I watched that film so many times. I, I. I watched all of the special features. I tried to like reenact like the the fight. I I I just I, the the big Obi Wan Anakin fight at the end. Literally, I watched that just like so many times. And the way that they're like fighting and jumping and like, oh my goodness! I I was so into that film when it came out. And the fact that there were just so many lightsaber battles and just so many fights. I was just when I watched it in the cinema, I just felt so satisfied by it. Um, and then again, like a lot of the others, I rewatched it later on in life after a big gap. And I was like, man, the dialogue in this is so 
bad. Oh my goodness. And like, I get the semi-ironic stuff to all of the memes about it as well. And what the heck, how did, how does Anakin like go bad like this? Like this is, how do they not think that this was rubbish that he was like turning bad so quickly and in such a weird way. And then he was murdering children. Like what? Like <laughs> So I, I, I recognize all of that, but just for pure nostalgia factor, for the pure amount of lightsaberage in it, 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 it goes at number six for me because I, that's just, it, it's just drenched in nostalgia for me. Go on then, talk to me about your number six. <clears throat> okay, so Phantom Menace. Yep. It's number six. Like I said, that kind of moment of childhood nostalgia when it came on VHS and I had no idea it existed. Um, but, I mean, you've got Qui-Gon Jinn. Amazing. Like, Liam Neeson. Right Absolute like, legend. What, like, like, Hugh McGregor bringing a whole new, like, reality to Obi-Wan Kenobi. The fight with Darth Maul, that whole thing is just incredible. The choir and, in the background. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, the first time he... And, like, the moment that he brings out the... Because, you know that lightsaber and then the second one lights up on the other end i couldn't i couldn't believe my eyes i was like i never thought of that oh my goodness you know, <laughs> um you know the meme of like a rare picture of jesus fighting satan on this 40 days fasting when quiet Jin and darth Maul are like lights <laughs> back and Tatarine. i love that meme but like like uh, <laughs> you know but there's all that kind of stuff, it was just exactly what I wanted from a new era of Star Wars. Mm. You know, it's 20, 30, you know, 10, 30, 20 years between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. And just that whole thing was, it was just exciting and just, yes. And like, I can forgive the dialogue because the dialogue in the other, the first three are cheesy as heck anyway. You know, yeah, no, so like, it, it, it is fitting that there's a cheesy film, but. For me, it was just a, like a whole thing of a reboost of Star Wars, and it's just what I wanted. And it still to this day makes me smile. And that fight at the end, I still live for it every single time because it is just incredible. And that's why it's number six. It's a, it, like it is low because Fair of enough. the dialogue and yeah. the creepy ten-year-old hitting on the fourteen-year-old girl, and that whole kind of weirdness. So there are there are odd things there, but just the pure enjoyment of it put it number six for me fair enough fair enough right okay 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 we're gonna come to number five i need to do a massive run-up to this one (laughs) i need to because cameron i'm so sorry but i i have held something from you our whole friendship and it is about to be revealed now on this podcast and i know that this might end our friendship this literally might end our friendship. I, it very well might do so. And I, I apologize if it does so. And I feel like it might elicit the same response that that uh, Luke Skywalker um, gave when he was told that Darth Vader was his father. Um, you might start saying, you know, that's that's not, that's true. not true. That's impossible. <laughs> impossible. No! I am sorry to tell you that my number five is Rogue One. Uh, okay. I'm so- <laughs> I know how much you love Rogue One. And 
I appreciate so much about the beauty of Rogue One. And look, it's beat it's beat four other five other Star Wars films, you know, or like on my list. It's in the middle, so it's not at the bottom. I don't hate it. But for me, Rogue One didn't do what it clearly did for you and so many others. I know so many people who thought that Rogue One was just the bee's knees. And I thought it was the bee's calves. I don't know. Like, I thought it was like almost the bee's knees, but just not quite the bee's knees. Let me just quickly explain why. So first of all, let me talk about all the stuff I love about Rogue One. Um, I, I love 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 the Darth Vader scene at the end in the corridor that is probably one of the greatest Star Wars scenes of all time as far as I'm concerned I think that it is so menacing and it's just ugh, just brilliant when it's all dark and the light the red lightsaber glow kind of comes out and he's walking down they're all screaming trying to like pass it on like like that is without a doubt absolutely incredible secondly the scene on the beach when um what is it that explode is exploding there it's uh planet like yes are like um attacked scarif yes exactly like, a huge, like nuclear tidal wave coming towards them yes and when they're looking at each other and like that is intensely beautiful don't get me wrong and again sorry i'm gonna need your help here because i never remember robot names but the robot uh, yes 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 yeah. the big black robot um is f- phenomenally funny and it, yes okay so all all of that wonderful okay it just didn't do something for me don't know that's <laughs> okay. a very unsatisfying response <clears throat> yeah 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 dry your tears i'm sorry mm. it's fine oh it's all right you've got your opinion i put i mean you were shocked by the new hope so you know yeah, that's true. I'm sure we can move past this. Okay. What is your number five? Um, first of all, I've got I've now got a spare ticket to the triple bill if anyone wants to come along because ah! <laughs> 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 No <Wow>. um, <laughs> My number five is Force Awakens. Interesting. So it's number five because it is, and I recognize this very much a new hope on steroids. Yep. Um, and this is this is going to be controversial. I liked Kylo Ren. That's controversial. And hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. When he first enters the scene, and the whole thing when he first meets Poe Dameron and stops the laser bolt, amazing. That is good. I'll admit um, that is pretty. That like, was pretty good. And I get, I get his personality. I fully get his personality, hundred percent. You know, it, he technically isn't a Sith. He's a Knight of Ren. So, you know, there's the, there's that whole thing around. He's got an anger issue. You know, the whole kind of issue with his lightsaber, his his, and like people always claim like, you know he got beaten by ray with a lightsaber first of all we know ray is an accomplished fighter with a staff okay she we know that she can find handle herself don't forget ben solo has just killed his own dad shot by a chewbacca blaster bolt yeah he's, so he's sends injured storm- <laughs> it sends stormtroopers flying across rooms and he he just took it like a man and boom 
Right, let's carry on going. He fought Finn, who does have combat training as a stormtrooper. He can fight. Um, and when Finn took, you know, got a lucky shot on Ren, he's like, stuff this, slashed his back open and carried on. Um, he is emotional. His whole thing is falling apart right now. He then, you know, discovers someone with the Force. He doesn't know what to do. She's an accomplished fighter. So she is fighting him. He is fully injured. And she channels the Force to help her and, and use that. And he wasn't thinking about that. And so when people say he's weak, he's rubbish, no, forget that. He's actually very strong. Might be one of the strongest Force users we've seen. Okay. Leave Kylo alone. Leave That's him the alone. Bottom I'm getting to. <laughs> no, it's because one of the reasons people hate Force Awakens so much is that. And like, yes. I, yeah, I that am against a that. Key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I really enjoyed it. For one, like, I remember just, I, I loved the trailer so much. The build up to The Force Awakens, the yeah. return is so exciting and so much. And it did do so well for me, you know. The whole the whole stormtrooper thing, Finn being a stormtrooper was excellent. Yeah. Um it you know, Captain Phasma let me down massively. I didn't even mention her in the last trailer. She was that forgettable. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that was you know, that's when we were really interested in Snoke and who the heck is this mm. guy and this powerful being and why, you know, the whole thing with Luke and I remember feeling like I was trolled when Luke just it cut before Luke Skywalker even said anything. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like being so anticipated um for last jedi and just that whole kind of vibe and i it you know it gave me lightsabers it gave me the x-wing and a brand new death star you know and we talked recently about the the first order they're not our new empire they are in essence a rebellion against the galactic republic they are just like a terrorist group basically in this situation so much so that they blew up an entire solar system to kill the governing body of the of the of of the Republic, you know, they are dangerous. Um, and so that whole thing is why it's, you know, why it's halfway because it was a really good Star Wars film. It, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they mm-hmm. just put it on steroids and that's yep. number five for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So number four, <clears throat> number four, we're getting to the, the big guns now. Yes. <clears throat> I'm going to start. And I, was going to make a bad pun about number four and the force awakens but anyway my number four is the force awakens uh for a lot of the similar reasons that you just gave i feel like your rant there about the force awakens and why people (laughs) should love it more encapsulates my feelings quite a lot it it was so perfectly full of nostalgia it it felt like the first installment of something and it gave you all these questions and it just got me so excited about star wars again and the yeah, that's the main reason why it's so high for me. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was very Star Warsy, very much the right universe, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Okay. So can I, can I also point out that I saw Force Awakens seven times in the cinema, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it was um, uh, I think three times in the first day. Wow. The first day that I is, saw it, midnight, ten a.m. and nine p.m. That is so, that is commitment. That's, that's commitment. I genuinely, I genuinely liked it. I, yeah, I, th- I think I saw it. I definitely saw it at least twice in the cinema. Maybe three times. Maybe it's just twice. But for me, I mean, going back just even the once for for a film is is a lot. Um, 
the film I've seen the most in the cinema is La La Land, but we can discuss that some other time. Um, okay, so okay, so you, you're number four. My number four is Return of the Jedi. Interesting. So, film number six is my number four. So, yeah. I this is a re- obviously a fantastic film. <laughs> I want to start out by saying I loved the Ewoks, right? They are Who amazing, absolutely amazing. I love them. I love the Ewoks. I love that they took on the Empire. It's called like this might be controversial. Like the whole Vietnam thing. You're in their turf. They're going to beat you. Yep. You know? That's exactly what it's like. Um I I you know, I, I, I actually find Luke a little bit of a struggle this episode this episode because, you know, there's no explanation really of how much of time jump, why he's suddenly a Jedi Master, how he got a new lightsaber. Um so there's a few like questions I had um when I watched it. I mean, you know, Vader versus Luke and the whole Vader redemption arc. You know, the, even the oh, whole yeah. airing, like, you know, like Luke is always in that black suit, but underneath it's white, showing that he's always good. Even when he's tempted by Palpatine, he's always good inside. Mm. Um, you know, the Death Star 2. I mean, I loved it. And like when I was describing what kind of film I wanted after Last Jedi, I basically described the return of the Jedi. For number for episode nine, I wanted episode six again. Um, <laughs> so, like, if you think about it, it's a it's a perfect ending to a trilogy. It's absolutely a perfect ending to a trilogy, and I loved it. Um, and it was so much fun. And yeah, like I can't, you know, it's it, and the whole celebration at the end, and how happy you feel like, yeah, they won. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's why it's number four because it, it's the perfect end to a trilogy for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Right. We're gonna we're going now to number three. <laughs> that is this is top top three. And as you may have guessed from uh, what is left in my list, my number three is a new hope. Okay. which stands in a very significantly different position to Cameron's list. I just want to point <laughs> out. And for those of you who like myself, I guess in a way, I guess I feel a bit more like a Star Wars connoisseur here. You know, I feel like, <laughs> you know, it's the real, it's the ones with the proper developed taste buds that appreciate the fact <laughs> that the, uh, the original three are the ones that matter. So I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so A New Hope for me is, I, I factored in its importance, historical importance into this, perhaps unfairly, because uh, I factored in nostalgia in other films. But there's still a significance in nostalgia for me uh, with A New Hope. It's the one I started out with. I started, in terms of from, from the old ones, I, I, my, the first one that I ever watched was, was Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. But I have strong memories of watching A New Hope on VHS. Uh, I think that obviously when it came out, it was so standout because of the visual effects, because of the the world that was built, because of Darth Vader, um, because of the the entire story. I remember so distinctly Obi Wan Kenobi going and 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 meeting with Luke and speaking with him, and uh, him looking at the lightsaber and and being introduced to this idea of a lightsaber, him practicing with like the droid and like. I, it just it just occupies a really happy happy kind of part of my memory, and equally as well, I know that the night lightsaber fight between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi is so naff. Like I, I like I get it, it's <laughs> awful. 
they just kind of point the lightsabers at each other and twirl them a little bit. Like, but I remember also very distinctly watching Luke see Obi Wan Kenobi dying and and them them having to like leave and go away. And I remember being so anxious about what then was going to happen in the next films. And so yeah, no, I, I, I it's third third place for me. I I I'm I it's just I've got lots of happy memories of it. It's a very significant film historically. There you go. Third place. Okay. I feel like I've been so inconsistent in this list. I feel like I've spoken so much more passionately. I'm kind of regretting this now, but hey, it's done. What's done is done. Uh, but anyway, number three. Yeah, for me. Anyway. Okay. Oh, you're going to hate my last three. Okay. <laughs> so, number three. Third place is <clears throat> as, as Empire Strikes Back. <sighs> oh, no. I mean, I mean. So, okay, 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 okay. Let me. Of course, everyone claims it is the best film in the in the original trilogy, and I imagine it's probably your top film. But don't give it away. Don't 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 give it away. Um, but, of I course, mean... of course, this film. <laughs> has obviously the mother of all plot twists i defy anyone if you watched it properly to not be shocked and surprised and not to have seen that moment in cinema and you know we're introduced to boba fett i mean i'm cosplaying basically a version of boba fett at the triple bill and i loved it it's a great film it's a lot of fun it's very star warsy but <laughs> i i feel like i can't justify it because of your opinions on it <laughs> yep, you know how, how I'm listening to this. You know yes, the face yes. I'm pulling. Yes, uh, so I, I'm struggling to try and justify this because I know you're just thinking, like, whatever. <laughs> um, it's like you're saying, I know it's the most iconic, I know it's the most respected, I know it has the best plot twist of all films ever, but you know, third place for me. There we go, park it up. There we go. Doesn't wrestle my jimmies, so it's in third place. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, to be honest, what I really respect about this is your honesty. Yeah. And I feel like a lot, perhaps definitely factoring to me is, is social pressure of feeling like if you're an educated Star Wars fan, you have to respect the original three. So I like the fact that you're being <laughs> true to your, and, and to be fair, I feel like you're being a lot more consistent than I am. Um, okay. But. Thanks for digging me out. Well, I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I still can't help but be slightly, slightly taken aback, but but that's all. Okay, so your third place, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Okay, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to reveal our top film, and then we're going to talk about why the second film is second and our top film is first. I think I already know what your top film is. Yeah, and I'm not sure on yours. I hope it's and, not what I think it is. So your top but... film would be Empire Strikes Back. If I'm yes, my number one. My absolute number one is Empire Strikes Back. Is okay. Is your okay? No, you just announce yours. I'm not going to preempt it. And then... <laughs> my my top Star Wars film is Rogue One. Yeah, I knew it. It's going to call it. I was going to say it. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, why is Return of the Jedi number two for you? Uh, Return of the Jedi is number two for me because I absolutely love Darth Vader's character arc. 
I remember so distinctly watching it for the first time. And I didn't, uh, you know, I hadn't heard anything about the plot. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. And I was watching the original three uh, for the first time as a young boy. I was probably eight or something like that. Watched them on VHS. At, and this time this one was at home. And I remember watching it and seeing Luke being tortured and then seeing Darth Vader pick up Palpatine, throw him over the edge. And then I remember so distinctly, so vividly, um, as a young boy, seeing Luke take off the helmet and have that discussion with Darth Vader. And I feel like because it is so triumphant, like you said, because it's so triumphant, because it really is a story of good triumphing over evil, which to me is one of the beautiful things about Star Wars. And there's yeah, so much depth to that. And it's... I, I, I just, I felt this overwhelming sense of relief. I felt this sense of triumph. I felt this sense, this this beautiful kind of sense of the fact that anyone can be redeemed. I just, I I I love that that arc. And there are other wonderful things about it, but but yeah, for me, that's that's what really does it. it for my second film is, if you haven't noticed, is <clears throat> The Revenge of the Sith. That is very high. Very high. Now, now let me be clear on this. I used Avenger the Sith in my A levels as why CGI is ruining cinema. <laughs> okay. I feel like you just can't justify anything <laughs> you're doing right now. I, what I, is I wrong with you? Against, I used it against A New Hope as why cinema is a classic and why CGI is ruining cinema. But, but first of all. Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Anakin Skywalker mm. is one of the greatest battles in cinema history. It's a bold statement. And it is factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's incredibly well-coordinated. It's, I mean, it, it's yeah, amazing. So. And the dedication of them and the commitment they put into the fight and everything was just astounding. Like, Ob- like Ewan McGregor's performance is Obi-Wan and you know the heartbreak that he has to experience in that film hurts my soul mm-hmm. you know the seeing the formation of the empire and like i'm i'm i'm, I'm not even going to justify it in the current political climate we're in but you know seeing <laughs> you know seeing the creation and and, and Padme's line and this is how democracy dies with a thunderous applause and like the whole thing you know, of of Palpatine's manipulation, his grand plan, and how it came to be, and in that film, you see, you see, it, all the all the dots are connected. How you got to the Return of the Jedi from a Phantom Menace is finally connected. That link is all made. Why Yoda is on Dagobah, you know, why Obi Wan Kenobi is hiding on Tatooine, the whole thing of what really turned Darth Vader to Darth Vader, and. And 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 if you think about it, even like when Palpatine tells Darth Vader that Padme's dead, and that little smile he has as he sees that Darth Vader's powers are stronger than ever, and uh, that yeah, that whole thing is just there is. A, although I hate the fact that all Stone clone troopers were CGI, I can't stand it. Um, and you know, there's all these little things that are annoying. Just it, it connects all those dots. Crosses the eyes, dots the, the T's, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we are keeping that in. We are keeping that in. <laughs> you know, it does. It does everything I needed to do, and the fight at the end, the duel of fates, is just incredible. 
is just incredible. I'm sorry. It was thrilling. It um, was. And to see them, you know, basically brothers who can bas- more or less read each other's minds, just fight it out like that, is, oh, it's it's what sets your mind off. Like, that is what lights above combat can and should always be like. My love for that fight alone puts it high and just the fact that it's that that final light switch in star in star in the Star Wars saga is why it's number two for me. Despite its flaws mm-hmm. and despite its overuse of CGI, and we know I'm an anti CGI film person, mm-hmm. despite all that, it does have what I wanted. And mm-hmm. it's not afraid to kill people, it kills Mace Windu. Like come on. Yeah. It kill, kills Kit Fisto, which is one of my favorite Jedi's, um, which <laughs> is the amphibious one with like the the big black eyes. Um, I mean, Plo Koon goes. <clears throat> yeah, Commander Cody's in it. Yeah. Sixty Six is heartbreaking. Calmundi, yeah. everything. Like there is more General to this. Grievous. Yeah, I think I think people forget about actually how much they enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and they just hate on it so much. But for me, as as just a fan of Star Wars, like I don't really hate any of these films but this film just it 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 had almost the quintessential star wars it had huge space battles robots with lightsabers that had four lightsabers in one strange creatures massive you know jedi and jedi lightsaber battles empires being formed you know conspiracies happening people Yoda fighting the the main Sith, the whole villain of the entire thing. Yoda and him went head to head, using force and spinning huge things with the force and like lightning and everything. If you think if you think about it, actually, what it actually does for Star Wars, you'll realize it probably should be higher on your list. Uh, was that just a general one to the audience, or <laughs> yeah. was that uh, one, yeah. one to me? No, that general, wow. one, general like sweeping. Uh. <laughs> um, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about our number ones. I don't even have to say, I feel like we've touched on The Empire Strikes Back a lot throughout this. And I don't feel like I need to talk even that much about why it's, that, why it's my number one. So I will go first and I will go briefly. The Empire Strikes Back is my number one and it is, without a doubt, the most iconic of all of these films. It is the most memorable as far as i'm concerned particularly of course that moment when darth vader reveals that you know he is luke's father i mean that's one of the top kind of most used film quotes of all time i'm sure there's probably some poll that has been done about that it's got to be up there it's so recognizable it's so brilliant and i remember watching it i remember watching that moment so distinctly uh, I remember watching his arm get cut off. I, I just, I, I, not just that, I don't want to focus on just on that because the rest of the film is also fantastic. But there is something magical about it. There's something era-defining about it. And for me, that's, that's what it always goes back to. That is the Star Wars. That is Star Wars in its purest form is The Empire Strikes Back, as far as I'm concerned. So... Um, and also the the anticipation that it gave me for the next film as well really built up in me. It, it was such a, and it was so it's so dark, but not in like a a horrendously dark way. It's it's just not in like a twisted dark way. It's just it's it's 
dark in the similar way to the way the, the, the Dark Knight is dark in that it's it's in a weird way satisfyingly dark, but in a way that makes you not want it to be the conclusion. And I don't know. I just I I I think it deserves all of the praise it gets, as far as I'm concerned. So right. What I'm most interested to hear though is how you are going to defend <laughs> Uh, over all of these films, we've just discussed all of these incredible works of art, with a few exceptions. And out of all of them, you are taking Rogue One. Yeah. Not official canon, I might add. You is? are taking. Well, it's 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 not episodic. Uh, no, it's so, not episodic. It's anthology. Uh, it's anthology, and not that anthology necessarily means it's bad, but most people would, you know. It's like it's like you trying to argue that the Samsung A series is better than Samsung S series. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's see what you what you've what you've got then. All right, so no. okay. Rogue, <laughs> Rogue One. My goodness, yes, this is my favorite Star Wars film. Shock horror um, to some people, um, but probably not a surprise to some other people who I know loved it. Um, basically, with this film. I don't even know how to begin it. I guess the one thing I loved the most about it was basically, if you consider from the beginning, we've always known how it ended. And I never, it never occurred to me through the whole film that they would all die. But I knew throughout the whole film. But when I, when it happened, I was like, of course they say it in episode four, that they're all dead. And um, the film is just, it's funny. It builds upon what we know, know and love it, you know, it built upon the funny droids and the the loner. The death troopers are incredible. You've got the blind guy that I'm the I'm one with the force and the forces with me, um, <laughs> and um, the Death Star. I, I think this is the one time we see the Empire in its true power when mm. it actually strikes fear into the hearts of people. You know, they're mining, um, they're mining the planet for. Um, kyber crystals to power the Death Star. The irony that the Death Star is powered by what the, gave the Jedi's power, in essence. Yeah. Um, you know the whole Captain Cassian Andor, and like that whole thing of like, you know, he's saying that he's been in this fight his whole time, and that he's had to do horrible things for the rebellion because you can't win a war by being nice with against a force like this. And you know the creation of the Death Star, the you know, and when it's used and how it blackens out the sun. Mm. No, and it, it blows up the planets the whole sort of you know the whole kind of thing that the 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 big hole in the death star basically that single air vent was by design it was because someone was coerced into working for the empire and they built a, a, a death switch into it and that was exploited and it was a, a life or death mission and um you know and just the brutality of the empire was just shocking that they would destroy their own planet basically mm. in scarif to stop the the rebellion that the formation of the rebellion um and that you know you see and it's 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 kind of heartbreaking you see the 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 arc of cassian andorf going from the man who would assassinate someone for the rebellion to you know give his life for them and to do all those like things and it, it had everything it had all that nostalgia it, it, but it had you know the whole kind of heist 
esqueness to it. They have to break into the most secure <laughs> imperial planet in the galaxy that holds all the information they need. Um, the death of the robot. Um, uh, K- K2SO? K2SO, yeah, that's the one. The death of K2SO is really sad because, you know, we learn to love him and his, like, sassiness is fantastic. Mm. Um, and just, you know, Ben Mandelson's uh, performance as and then, you know, is is great and i thought the decision to use grand moff tarkin was bold but really respectfully done um because you know and, and we're just seeing the formation of the empire and and the way they're becoming a huge superpower and suppressing everyone and that you know it is war that people will die and that you know it was a small ground troop that landed in scarif and had to fight their way through and the things they were experiencing and the people they lost and you know that moment on the beach when they they do their mission and there's no way to escape what's about to happen to them and they just have to sit there and watch themselves die and then that scene with Darth Vader in the ship is just mm. incredible it's just incredible like you don't even notice like he literally at one point cuts someone in half you had to like, point that out to me I... yeah like he throws them onto the roof and just goes <laughs> straight through them like it's brutal and that's the Vader we've always we've always imagined he was you know it's that whole realization of this is who we this is what we always thought the empire was and you know like in in a new hope we take it takes forever for the death star to get around yavin to attack yavin for right it, it takes him so long to like rotate the orbit of the planet to the moon mm-hmm. but in in Rogue One, it just appears as this ominous shape in the sky. You see it in the sky, and this light just erupts. And then, and experiencing the Death Star's power on those planets as the ground shakes and the Earth just upheaves itself, mm. you know. And you're seeing just everything uh, fall apart and 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 die around you. And the Death Troopers, I love the Death Troopers. But I just I love them. Yeah, the whole thing. It is so quintessentially Star Wars. It is so, you know, it's so rebellion versus empire. It has an immense, like, uh, not enough lightsabers, but an immense light, lightsaber scene. Um, the sacrifice, the brutality of war, you know, the stormtroopers, the Death Star, and, and you see the empire for the villains they are. And mm. I just, it just has everything in it for me. And that is why it's number one on my list. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, there has been controversy. There has been intrigue. And there has been disagreement. Mm-hmm. But there has also been agreement. And, the, I, think and I, think, share, I think we share two films. In position, <laughs> in is position. it? In position. The Last Jedi and Attack of the Clones. Wow. Are the only films that we share. That being said, I feel like we share a lot of things that we love about so many of these films um, and some of the things we hate as well. But yeah, I I, I would be very interested to hear how other people would rank Star Wars. I would imagine that you could find a different Star Wars fan who would rank every film differently, uh, completely differently, because everyone has different memories, everyone has different attachments everyone has different characters that they love but we are all united in our love of the universe (laughs) itself absolutely and uh and 
we all hope and pray that next week we are not let down. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's got big shoes to fill, and I hope that it fills them. I uh, I'm feeling pessimistic, but we don't have to go into that. I just, I just. To, well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how I feel. I'm just, I, I'm nervous. I'm just nervous, really. I just, I just want to like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want it to be that that perfect capping off. But anyway, we we shall see. We shall see. Um, we are releasing that episode of the Rise of the Skywalker on the day of release. Yep. Um. We may even be really nice and do a non-spoiler version and a spoiler version for you. Perhaps. Um, depends on if everyone's good. But... <laughs> yes, so it depends how many people listen to this podcast. Cause... Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, thank you for listening. It's a longer episode today, but it was well worth it. But Paul, thank you very much for sticking with me, even though I'm a controversialist for you. That's okay, thank um... you. <laughs> and... Um... Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and all other sites that we are on. And uh, that's it from me. And from me. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.